What's up? You're listening to the Scholarly Spark Podcast. And let me ask you a question. Were you always bored in school because the subjects were all boring? Well, here's your chance to finally become interested in learning and find out what you're genuinely curious about. Join me as we discover the secrets of South Asia and experience different foods, the latest technologies, immerse ourselves in a variety of phenomenal cultures, find out about interesting people we never knew existed, and learn about what no one else dared to find out. I'm Kamal Narayanan, taking you on a journey through the mysteries of South Asia, all from the convenience of your headphones. Here we go. Welcome back to the show, everybody. As always, every single time I tell you again and again, I hope you're having the absolute greatest day of your life. And if not, this podcast is going to make it. And if still it is not the greatest day of your life, today something will happen inside in your text messages that will make this the absolute greatest day of your life. Anyway, so today we are continuing our discussion of digital transformation and its impacts on the societal, economic, and political spheres of of contemporary South Asia. Yes, this is part three. Uh, I know that might be a little bit too long, but it's part three anyway, so let's get it. So today we'll be talking about how digital transformation has had a bunch of effects, a variety of effects on the societal uh, spheres of contemporary South Asia. And specifically, in particular, I wanted to stop, start off by exploring how people uh, like the the amount of young people significant, is significantly greater than the amount of old people. This, you know, leads to a lot of innovation and a, like a very uh, high risk-taking culture. That allows for a, a a great number of startups and a lot of ideas, and this is is very good for a country. Pakistan and Sri Lanka have a relatively young population. Uh, they actually present very strong opportunities for innovative startups and investors. These young people, man, they're they're always willing to take risks, right? Like even you, like like even me being a young person, like I'm willing to take risks. Like I'm willing to you know like you know like you know bend the laws, bend the rules a little bit, you know, and take a little bit of risks. Um. It's not like we're not bound or confined to a strict set of rules. We're willing to, you know, experiment a little bit, have fun, have a little bit of fun, and, and and see what's in store for us, right? So, this 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 kind of digital risk taking culture has allowed for a lot of startups, investors, uh, a lot of booming investment uh, to happen within these two countries. And it's it's pretty crazy because the government has already taken significant steps to develop an enabling innovation ecosystem. And aside from setting up IT and software perks where innovators and inventors can access this infrastructure, um, facilities that allow for mentorship and training are also being made more accessible through online and offline certification courses, like we talked before with Roby, Oxiata. Um, it's it's really allowing a lot of ingenious, smart minds, like you if you're listening, you're, you are a smart, ingenious person if you're listening, uh, to make real impacts by creating startups in both Bangladesh and Pakistan. And it's pretty crazy because some 14% of the pitches from Asian startups came from Bangladesh, which is the third highest in Asia Pacific uh, after Indonesia and Pakistan, which with that 40% of the people, startups coming from Bangladesh is impressive. So Bangladesh, you are a good, you're a good path, man. You're going to become like, you're, you're going to do good things one day. And lastly, you know, we got to talk about the effect of digital transformation on health. So mobile connectivity can also facilitate access to a broader suite of digital health services, including stuff like 
telemedicine, digital booking systems for doctors, drug stock management, patient monitoring, which have the potential to improve the overall health of a country drastically, like absolutely dramatically. Mobile operators can enable the use of technology like big data to address crises such as health epidemics or other breakouts of very uh, prominent and hard-to-stop diseases, for example, like the flu. Uh, operators can provide critical information on the flow of people to and from affected areas, and therefore they can help these public health organizations very effectively, you know, combat these kind of this, the spread of these kind of diseases and better, uh, like you know, pinpoint these relief efforts. So, and this digital transformation in the form of new Internet of Things solutions, such as you know, connected diagnostic health kits, which, that's 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 cool. That's very cool. That is that that's insane. That can communicate with health centers in real time and smart vehicles that can reduce the amount of car accidents, improving the, that that therefore improving the overall health of a country. That damn, that's that's pretty cool. Wow, that, that this wow English wow stick. And with companies and uh, initiatives and services such as one in particular called Health Link Seven Eight Nine, users can receive basic healthcare advice over the phone from healthcare professionals and from people who are involved in the business of 24-7 health counseling. And mobile connectivity, which is a huge part of Bangladesh and and basically the only part of Bangladesh, uh, has allowed for mobile phone users to able to, uh, you know, FaceTime or use video call to directly talk to healthcare professionals, which can allow them, allow them to see, you know, more physical and visible symptoms of the diseases, which can really, really help uh, various individuals be free of these diseases that plague, the, that plague them so much. And the service, I mean, it's pretty cheap for them. It's it's only six cents per minute, and it's it's been it's been used by a lot of a lot of different people because of its relative cheapness. And overall, because of this, over the over the past couple like over the past couple years, Bangladesh life expectancy has actually increased from sixty to seventy years, which is that's, that's absolutely remarkable. At sixty, if if you live till sixty, you you can you can live a pretty good life. But if you live to seventy, you live an absolutely awesome life because. In those 10 years, you get to a lot of relaxing and have nice vacations and, you know, get to live a good life in that time, which is pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that when I turn 60, to have a nice life after 60, like for 10 years. And after that, after that, after you turn 70, you know, obviously humans can't live forever. They're going to end up passing away soon. Um, The mortality rate, that uh, part of Bangladesh, uh, the mortality rate among live births for both mothers and babies has actually decreased significantly. So the amount of mothers being surviving childbirth and the amount of babies uh, living as a result of childbirth, or like not not living, uh, staying alive as a result of childbirth, is has, has increased significantly, which is which is, is pretty good. Which, which signifies that Bangladesh, uh, out of most of the countries in South Asia, is is really on the rise because of the the uh, innovative, creative, and engaging means uh, ways in which they have been able to interact with digitization. They've they've understood my law. If you want to, if you want to go up in the world, you you gotta adapt to the to the to the current times. You can't keep staying to the old. Oh, I will stay to post mail when there's email around. You you can't keep sticking to that because at the end of the day, you're just gonna fall behind. And you're gonna you're gonna lose. Because look at Bangladesh. Bangladesh is going it's going places because they listened to me. They took my law into account, and and they're they're agreeing with like they're going with the trends of the current in order to maximize the potential as a country and truly set themselves up for success in the future. And and you know in summary 
digital transformation it's pretty crazy because you you don't you can't it's pretty unpredictable. You don't actually know what's going to happen of it. Is humanity going to end or or is humanity really going to do well? Because there's a lot of like, you know conspiracy theories theories out there that if if it goes too far, robots get uh, brains. They get they get like they get smart. They start rebelling against humans. They end humans, and then human races start all over again. And blah, blah, blah. but like, so I mean, obviously we can't predict the future. So I mean. I, I hope it doesn't get to that point that you robots can actually do that and, and and you know just trash humans, but like it it also has very very good benefits. Like it can help the GDP of a country. It can really make humans easier. It can make people's lives so easy to the point that all they can focus on is innovating and pushing the limits of what is possible and benefiting their societies. But at the same time, I guess it can be kind of scary because you don't know when what the line is like. All these like mad scientists and not mad scientists, but like technology dudes and technology experts, they're they're extremely talented and and with the way that things are going, they're they're gonna keep pushing the limit. And I just hope that they won't push the limit so far that eventually at one point it, it becomes it becomes hard for the technology and humans to coexist. And at that point we have to make a choice. Do we want our race to live or do we want to keep making our lives easier? And honestly, another, another. I mean, I think this is in the. This is a good movie. What was the movie called? It was. Uh, what the movie is called? It was. Uh, it's a good movie. Wally, yeah, Wally, Wally, Wally. Yeah, that one Disney movie, Wally. It's it's it basically talks about where humans have become so uh, in tune with technology that technology is basically taking over lives, and we all we're doing as humans is just sitting around as couch potatoes, just. Just, just talking to each other and just living our own lives without being social or interacting with each other or having any friends or anything like that. So it can, it can, I guess it can be quite dangerous in some instances. But I hope it doesn't have to. We don't have to go to that, go to that, you know, go to that place. I hope that we can just, you know, we can keep it as it is um, and not push it so far that it ends up dead, like becoming a detriment to society. I don't know, like. It's kind of crazy to wonder because it's cool to wonder that how exactly did people live before us? It's so hard to imagine a life without technology. And we basically, technology has basically become integrated into our lives that it's hard to even imagine a life before technology. How did these people like George Washington and, and John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and, and Mahatma Gandhi and, and Martin Luther King Jr., how did they, these people, they had the most primitive forms of technology available and 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 digital technology only came around in like 1970s 1980s so it's hard it's crazy to imagine how exactly these kind of people lived and thrived in societies where digital digital and digitization and digital forms and everything was not a big part of society it's crazy so i don't know i i I just i guess i think we're in a better place now than we were before I, i think we are yeah but it's hard to say because even back then they were thriving and right now we're thriving, but it's hard to say whether or not um, we're actually better off than before and whether or not we'll be better off in the future. I just hope that human race won't go extinct because of some, some crazy robot some guy creates in his basement. But you know, all in all, it's, it's a great thing. It's, it's a great occurrence for humanity. Um, and I hope that it continues. It's not to the point where it destroys all of us. And that is this week's episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed and have a great rest. Oh, and this day, 
after listening to this podcast has officially become the absolute greatest day of your life. So go out there, do whatever you want, smile, be happy, get out there, do what you want, face the obstacles, beat the odds, face those challenges, destroy everyone, all those challenges, and just be yourself. That is the best advice I can give you. And yeah, I have a seat, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, and lastly, fun fact of the day. Snakes can help predict earthquakes. So next time you feel an earthquake, find a snake, look at it, and then see if there's an earthquake, and then determine whether or not to run and hide. Also, actually, this is pretty cool. Also, India has a floating post office. Food for thought. It's been super fun learning with you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Join me next week as we explore another part of the vast, mysterious lands of South Asia. I'm looking forward to exploring something new that you've never heard about next week. Talk soon.